When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hi, this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West End podcast. You are listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. And this week, once again, the podcast is sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk. And this week's draw, you can win a signed Declan Rice West Ham United shirt if you head on over there for just £5.95 per ticket. Fantastic Paolo Di Canio won last week. Declan Rice this week. Head on over. Like I said, £5.95 a ticket. Only 99 will be sold. So do head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to be in with a chance of winning this week. Lads, the last couple of weeks, I've read out exactly where West Ham lie in the table the points differentiations, the goal differences, where we are, who's behind us and who's ahead of us. And it hasn't done us very well at all. We've drawn with Brighton and Hove Albion, failed to beat Brighton and Hove Albion once again. We still are yet to beat them in the Premier League. It was funny before. We were all so confident we would do it. I'm sure we've been confident that we beat them in years past, but we've managed to scrape a one-all. Danny flipping Welbeck has scored against us, boys. It's all gone a little bit sour. I'm desperately trying to cling on to that positivity vibe. But Jonesy, as we said just before we came on air tonight, I think when I was the miserable, cynical bloke that I was before, saying, oh, it's all going to fall to bit soon. Uh, don't worry, stop all this smiling and getting excited. That was when we tended to win. So do you think, you know, I made an effort to try and be a bit more jovial and get on board with the positivity, just enjoy the ride gang. Uh, do you think it's about time I went back to cynicism? Because let's be honest, the uh, the positive frame of mind hasn't got us anywhere at all because we've slumped to lowly seventh. If you can call it a slump, mate. Um, I mean, 
Well, don't change take... it. This is Martin Allen. Sorry to interrupt you I... after four well, words. No, 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 no. We just wait till I've, wait till I've got to say what I was going to say was if you want to take the negativity vibe, then by all means, because last week I've took the negative vibe and I got done over by Martin Allen. <laughs> so I'm steering clear of that because that terrified, terrified me. Um, so I don't know if any listeners have ever had, been had a pop out by Martin Allen. He's done what it's happened again. So I'm, st- I'm remaining positive. It's been a great season. We'll take what we can get. Um, David Moyes has, has done a great job. And yeah, um, but in all seriousness, it does feel a little bit, a little bit flat now. Don't say the U word. Don't say the U word. Underwhelming last week. I'm not going to say underwhelming. It does feel a little bit flat now. But on, on the flip side, I've had a week to think about it after Martin Hanna put me in my place. And yeah, it has been a good season. I don't think we can be too negative. The Brighton game was a little bit frustrating. Um, but you could see it come a mile off given we haven't beaten them. And it was almost the story of our season in so many games. Like I said last week, so many opportunities. Um, and we had to rely on um, our favourite players back on the back on the talking point list again this week, Saeed Ben Rama. So, yeah. so yeah, it is what it is. But I'm, I've been reading up about the Europa Conference League this week and I'm buzzing for that. <laughs> Absolutely buzzing. Cannot so... Lie. Look, James and Tom, you two can see me uh, on the screen. Obviously, those of you watching on YouTube can see me on the screen, Jonesy. So I'm, I'm putting my hand horizontal across the screen in about the middle of the screen. If this was the whelming line, would you say you are under or over? I'm, I'm on the fence. Or, yeah. or, or are you just whelmed? Neither under yeah, nor I, I, overwhelmed. At the moment, uh, moment, I'm just whelmed. And um, <laughs> you can ask me that question this time next week or... Or, or on Sunday afternoon, once the Southampton game's done and the season's done, and we know where we finish. But, um, but yeah, at the moment I'm just whelmed. Just whelmed. Okay, cool, yeah. cool. So if anyone asks you in the street at the moment, oh, what'd you make of Jonesy's season? Uh, sorry, West Ham season, Jonesy. You just say whelming. It's whelming. It's whelming. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah. All right, mate. Fair enough, Thomas Edwards. It's lovely to see you again, mate. Congratulations on the launch of your new podcast over at the School of Football. Tony Carr was a guest the other week. If you haven't already tuned into it, we've put it out on our Twitter. Do go and check it out. It's a good listen. I can't say that the banter or the hair is any better than it is on the We Are West Sam podcast, but Tom did a sterling job, so do go over and check it out. If you fancy a bit of that, congratulations on that, Tom, first of all. And I would imagine that that was the highlight of your week rather than watching us in that grim affair against Brighton after the FA Cup final on Saturday. You're not wrong, mate. You're not wrong. I did find my voice um, even more whiny on that than usual. Though. But um, no, honestly, appreciate the shout out. And um, yeah, mate, really enjoyed that. The week wasn't made good on a weekend. I- I'm slightly in the negative camp. I have been for a few weeks. It's what, five games now? We- we've lost three, drawn one and won one. Only one of them were above us. It is a bit of a shame, but any Europe like I've had, I've had a week to reflect now and any Europe will be good. And I'll look back at this and it's a success. We've only played, what, 50 odd European games in our history. So to get in there, you have to deem it as a success. However, that running and the way we've thrown it away, sort of the, the bigger, loftier dreams is a shame. And that will we also look back on and probably be like 15, 16 and say what could have been. But hey, hey we, we've done well and, and Ben Rama scored. So so £70 is looking good now on that shirt. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. You know what? It's it's one of them. It isn't over yet. It is important to remember that. You know, there'll be uh, there'll be different people up and down the country feeling completely different things about West Ham, as there will be those of you listening to this podcast at the moment. It does remind me right now of the time we had Wally Downs on the podcast earlier in the season. Absolutely fantastic guest, former West Ham assistant manager, of course, under Sam Allardyce, who said quite openly, he said. That season, we came up from the Championship and we came 10th, was it, uh, the first year after we come up with Allardyce? And he said Sam was a victim of his own success. He did almost too well that first season because when it was a little bit underwhelming, we came 13th or 14th in the seasons following. Everyone harked back to that 10th and once continued progress. And I think there's a little bit of that from our point of view now, isn't there? If Because we surged so strongly... Uh, for such a large part of the season, then it's flaking off a little bit. If it had gone the other way and we've flaked off in, say, February or, or March and then had a little surge towards the end of the season, towards seventh, everyone would be absolutely buzzing, wouldn't they, given last season? So, and you know, I, I laughed as much as everyone at Martin Allen having a massive go at James Jones last week. But just important to to note i think that it is a 38 game season and if we do i would have snapped your hand off for the conference league at the beginning of the year so it's not over yet it feels like it's going in a downward trajectory i understand that so there's likely to be a little bit of melancholy on tonight's podcast however the dream is still alive and you never know what can happen in football although big sam waiting around the corner for us on Wednesday night against West Brom is a very, very ominous feeling indeed. Lads, uh, it's an absolutely packed show this evening. As always, we're hurtling towards the end of the season, both on the pitch and on the podcast. So just a last couple of housekeeping sessions, James, before we have a little break for the summer and we do all the planning again and then the podcast gets tweaked for next season. But uh, just a reminder, as I said, we're sponsored tonight by footballprizes.co.uk. Head on over there to be in with the chance of winning a signed Declan Rice West Ham shirt this week. Uh, just a little bit of housekeeping. We are on Twitter, of course, at we are underscore West Ham. These shows are recorded on YouTube. I've had a new haircut. My year without a haircut, that's gone. So I look like a, uh, a, a bloke in his mid-20s again rather than a 45-year-old lady, which I'd started to resemble. So head on over to YouTube. The link to our channel is in the description to this podcast if you want. We're on Instagram as well, of course. And you can buy us a beer or support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash wearewestam. Like I said, pack show tonight in part two. Me and the lads will go into that Brighton game in a little bit more detail, as much detail as we really want to go in as us failing to beat those South Coast minnows once again. Part three, we'll have the Betway charity bets. No wins, unfortunately, against the Seagulls once again, but we've still got two games left in the season to win some money. So we'll have our West Brom selections as well. Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard joins us for the opposition view. We're only doing a Southampton opposition view this week. No West Brom one because that game is, of course, Wednesday night. So by the time the pod comes out and most of you listen to it, it might be pass at West Brom game. So just Jack ahead of that last game of the season at home at the London Stadium. Hopefully a load of you listening managed to get tickets. So we'll speak to Jack about that friend of the show, of course. I am Quizmaster for Name That Game in part five. And then Sandra Brobby, sports journalist and WSL expert for The Sun, joins us for the West Ham women's section in part six. Before we say goodbye for 
what looks like, boys, the penultimate time of the season. Big show coming up. Do stay with us because it's more reaction in part two for that Brighton game next. So, lads, 50-50 at the moment, isn't it, about what mood we're going to carry through on this podcast. I've decided I'm going to go back to what I know, Jonesy. I'm going to be a bit cynical about it and hope it's reverse psychology on the world and hope that by doing that, West Ham get back to winning ways as they were for so many months of the season when I was just waiting. Projected negativity, I think one of our listeners called it when I was just waiting for it all to come coming down. And as I said at the time, I think it's clear now that a complete lack of investment in January means that, yeah, we had a fantastic first 11, as we had for most of the season. But as we've seen over countless Premier League seasons past, not just West Ham, but with any team, that a first 11 just isn't good enough, is it? You need 16 good players. You need a good first 11, of course, but you need the blokes to come in to be of equal quality or, you know, slightly uh, less bad, I think is the official terminology for that one. So, you know, it's one of those weird things, isn't it? We called it, or certainly at the time in January, we called it as it was. And now it's coming to fruition, take absolutely zero joy from it. But you have to call it as it is. I don't, I've never really liked the old head in the sand. Just enjoy the ride shout. It's like, well, no, the ride is what you achieve at the end of the season, isn't it? If the ride is what happens after the 38th game, the ride culminates with what that 38th game of the season means, doesn't it? Um, you know, I, I've never really bought into that. I know lots of fans do. And I, you know what? I hope they've had a really good time this season. And I hope they're sitting there watching us seemingly throw it away or throw away what could have been, but it feels very much last season at Upton Park vibes to me. Needing two results out of three against Swansea, Stoke and Manchester United to get in the European spots or the Champions League spots, excuse me. And we lose by four at home to, or uh, Swansea put four past us at home. We draw away with Stoke and yeah, we have an absolutely historic win against Manchester United, but all in all, that was obviously, you know, breathtaking and one of the greatest nights of my life. But what that meant for our season on the whole, it feels very much like that now. Tom, I think I'll I'll throw to you first because you've been quite vocal, which is out of character for you. Um, but you've been yeah. quite vocal on, on Twitter about it. Uh, not happy at all. Even more glamour, I would suggest, than I've been in the last few weeks. Uh, you were always one of the main ones to argue with me on um, on all things, anything, basically. But West Ham and my negativity in particular. Uh, we'll go into the minutiae of the Brighton game shortly. But what, what are your feelings? Because as we know, every single game now is huge and it means more than just a quick 90-minute analysis of how the game went because it's got so much more bearing on, on what this season could be. Yeah, exactly. And and I am a bit negative, probably at times overly negative. And when I reflect, it has been brilliant. And you look at the teams now ahead of us, the budgets they've had, the amount of money they spent, how long they've been up there. They're, they're six very good teams, far less who have done it organically, but, but they're a top four side now. And I think everyone can accept that. So there's six big teams you probably expect to be above us at the end of the season. But for 90% of it, we've rustled their feathers. We've been one of the best teams in the league at times. And 
we've been up there, had it in our hands. And the way we've done it by losing to teams around us or below us, sorry, bar Chelsea, has been has been a massive shame. I think the players will, will look back on this, the Sucheks, everyone who's talking so upbeat at one point, they'll be gutted when they look back at it, look at our running compared to the teams around them. Um, so I think as long as we finish off and come six and, and make it some sign of special season, better than the 15-16 one and not another, oh, well, we actually came seventh. Everyone's done that recently. Burnley, Wolves. Even look at it now, Leeds win today means that they're three points behind us and very, if we lose both our, our last two games and they win, they'll, they'll finish the season on the same amount of points as us in their first season back. And then it doesn't sound that special <laughs> at all, does it? So I think... I think um, we should be proud of our achievements, though. To come seventh and to get Europe with everything's result now means we've got that. And ultimately, it's been a superb season. It's just throwing away lofty dreams and the way we did it hurts a bit. But we've got Europe and you've got to be proud of them for having such a small squad and seeing it over the line. It is impressive. On a macro scale, James, it's like going 2-0 up in a game against Chelsea in a game that you'd have taken a draw before the game, being 2-0 up on 80 minutes and drawing 2 all, isn't it? You're still disappointed and people go, oh, before the game you'd have taken it. It's like, yeah, but time moved on. And at 80 minutes, when we were 2-0 up, I'd have taken 2-0. And I think that's what that's what Tom's saying. That's what lots of fans are saying about this season. Yeah, I know we would have taken it at the beginning of the season, but it turned out that with a few games left that we were we were in it. Tom mentioned about the players being gutted there, James. I'm not sure they will be because I feel like every single one of them who's pulled on a West Ham shirt every single week has tried their hardest for the club. And I think the blame, if there is to be any blame, because it feels like it's there is a negative feeling because of we're on a downward trajectory as the season finishes. If there is any blame and responsibility, it is on whoever decided not to add in January. There's conflicting reports as to who was to blame for that. Many fans will say it's the board um, and that David Moyes sort of was a bit of a scapegoat for it because his stock was high at the moment. So the club could afford to blame it on him because the fans would let him off. Just sum up your your thoughts after that um, one-all draw with Brighton and the somewhat stuttering end to the season West Ham seemed to be having. I completely agree with you on, on that front. Uh, I tweeted it, I think, uh, a couple of days ago. And that, you know, it's, it has been a great season. But the, the long and short of it is that we've just run out of steam. You know, barring, you know, maybe the Newcastle game uh, away that we lost where we weren't really at the races for the last part yeah, of the game. Yeah, that's Dawson, isn't it? You blame him, yeah. Yeah. Um, we shot ourselves in the foot massively on a couple of occasions, but other than that, you know, I, I won't go. I won't say that we've, we've particularly played badly. I think a lot of the time it's just that we've run out of steam. Like the players are absolutely shattered. You know, Suchek played every, you know every game this season. Um, you know, Deccan Rice would have done had he not been injured. Um, you know, there's so many players there that have played huge amounts of football um, without rest. And without really, and that's because they're playing ninety minutes because the, the bench is too weak to, to you know to rotate. And you're right. I think that there is large, you know, quite a lot of blame to be to be put at you know the owners, uh, Golden Sullivan's door. Um, you know, David Moyes as well. I think we spoke a few weeks back saying, okay, yeah, he's had a great season. His stock's high, but he's not immune to, to criticism. Um, and I think that's one bit of criticism we can lay in front of him this season is that he should have seen this coming. 
you should have, you should have known that we can't rely on just Antonio to lead the line, and then maybe Yarmolenko or Bowen to, to back him up. Is it his um, decision though? Come on. Um, well, someone should have seen it coming. If it's not David Moyes, it's the owners. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know. I just think you can't blame the players. Every single one of them. Even down to Yarmolenko, who's barely featured this season because he's been in and out for injury, but then, you know, he's a fringe player. When he has played, he hasn't been that bad. He's played all right. Um, they've just put in 110% every single one of them. So they, they probably will be gutted that, you know, we've not been able to get it over the line. There are a lot of players there, you know, have never played in the Champions League, would have, would have been desperate to get in there. Um, but at the same time, they'll be quite pleased with what they've achieved given they've had no help all season. Lingard was a good addition, as we know, but. We needed so much more. We needed a striker. We probably needed another central midfielder, knowing that it was only a matter of time before even Rice or Suchek, you know, got injured and that happened and it cost us. So, but the Brighton game was, it was a culmination of all of that. We had so much of the ball, so many chances. Um, same story against Everton. Same story on occasions at Newcastle. Burnley, Burnley thankfully, yeah. thankfully we won that one. But, um, and a lot of our home games as well earlier in the season December, January time I remember at home we, we were winning games by one goal margins when it should have been four or five goal margins and we just couldn't get the ball over the line this time they're all just knackered absolutely mm. shattered you can see it in Lingard's play as well he's got a little bit less energy he's only been there for six months um, so yeah that's one thing they've got to address in, in, in the summer um, is I don't really want to see many players leave I don't think we can afford to sell anyone because the squad's too thin anyway We've just got to add players and then yeah. see what happens. But um What's the chances? Exactly. It's not gonna happen, is it? But but yeah. All right. Come on, lads. Come on. That's that's it. We've had a little bit of a moan off. The season isn't over yet. All right. We've got two games left to play. One against West Bromwich Albion. I know it's big Sam, and that scares me more than anything. And Southampton, it is that little bit of a they got a bit of freedom at the end of the season. They got some decent players coming back into their team. Are they going to be gunning for, you know, Danny Ings and all that? Are they going to be gunning for spots at the Euros or transfers away? We do not know that yet. But come on, I'll tell you what, look, we've got the end of season review coming up just next Wednesday, boys. So then we can exactly we'll have the whole season has been laid out in front of us and we'll be able to talk about the 38 games and all of this stuff it might be complete rubbish you might god car remember that one we did last week when we were all convinced that we weren't going to do anything and then tottenham bottled it against leicester we won both of our games by a comfortable margin and we're in the europa league group stages and happy days and what a season it will have been it really is fine margins at the moment we have had a wonderful season so far but let's just do it for one last time uh, this season, boys. Obviously, we'll do it next uh, next week. Uh, we'll group it in with our end of season review, that West Brom and uh, reaction to Southampton, of course, as well. But just for one individual game, Tom, I'll throw to you first. Brighton and Hove Albion away. We still haven't beat them in the league, which is a ridiculous, stupid record. It is annoying. There's eight games, I think it is, that we've played against them in the four years, if I'm not wrong, they've been back in the Premier League. Eight matches against Brighton. Their average position in the Premier League is probably about 17 and a half. <laughs> we, should, we should have beaten the flipping Brighton and Ove Albion once in eight games. Danny Welbeck, of all people, what the hell's he even doing with a Premier League team still, let alone popping up and scoring 
what looked like it'd be an 84th minute winner at home to European football chasing West Ham. He thinks one over out of nowhere. And then Saeed, a silver lining on what was a very dark cloud that game. Pings one in, in off the post. Lovely jubbly. We've hit the post about seven and a half thousand times this season, I believe, uh, is the official figure. And it's nice to see one going off the post. Wonderful for Saeed to get that duck off his back. But it's bigger things, really, isn't it? Yeah, right, that was nice, but I don't, I don't really care. I've said before, I think that issue needs to be dealt with in the summer with Saeed and next season, and it will be what it will be. But I don't know, mate. What, what did you make of it? Because it was, again, it was another one of those pretty grim. James has touched on the energy levels there. Well, just tell me what your thoughts were watching the game. Yeah, I think that that was that was the game that I most looked at and got all oh, they're tired. They're sort of tired. We even in the first half, we were getting outrun. The way they pressed us high, we couldn't couldn't get through. Most of the ball was with our centre halves just going sideways and, and we kept the ball all right and we showed glimpses and, and then I thought we came into it the back end of the first half and then we missed some big chances and, and we never really got in the game again um after that. And it was sort of just pinballing about and just felt like we were all over the place. Felt like Suchek was leggy. Um, but sorry, I said all over the place. That's unfair. We, we looked all right. We didn't look bad. We kept the ball nicely and with good link-up play and right patterns. It was just we didn't have the energy to do it in the final third where it really counts. And delighted for Saeed to come on and grab a goal like that. And um, it, you never know, that point could be key in, in getting us over the line for some sort of finish because it's going to be tight up there. So could have been a big moment in our season and a happy, happy contributed something for, at the back end and made a difference because we weren't scoring any other way because just look flat. And, and yeah, sadly, deflating day. It was a deflating performance, but a bit of a rest and hopefully we go again now because got to put that one behind us. Lindsay, we'll go on to the, uh, you know, some of the decisions and stuff in a minute. Tom mentioned it there about, you know, some of the, the the chances that we that we fluffed. And it does feel a little bit disappointing. But there have been games, haven't there, this season where you think, bloody hell, that never happens to West Ham. We've we've won that and we haven't deserved to win it. The Villa game at home springs to mind, particularly where you had the VAR thing go against mm-hmm. us. We were by far the, the second best team on the day. And we managed to pull through. There's been a few times this year where it's felt abnormal. And, you know, and that has carried us on this wave to the lofty position that we were in a couple of games ago. Do you feel like these games now, it's a bit like, well, yeah, you know, we didn't really do enough to get past uh, an average at best Brighton side. They've had a pretty naff season again, haven't they? Um, Do you feel like it's a bit even in itself out a bit almost? Yeah, I think so. Because while while we did play badly and um, we had a lot of the ball, most of the chances we had were were almost, it was a chance to have a shot on goal, uh, but the the decision-making was all wrong. The the final pass was all wrong. I I remember one one opportunity, I think it it was in the second half, and we had Lingard, Antonio and Bowen, all three of them running in behind. I think it was three on two. And Antonio's ball was just so poor to Bowen that it gets cut out by Webster, I think it was. And it's like, you're three on two, lads. You know, you've got to finish that off or at least get a shot on goal. Um, so a lot of it was down to those little decisions. That final ball in the final third just really cost us. And, you know, decision-making when you're tired isn't, isn't you're not your sharpest. And I think that that's as a result of that. But 
yeah, there were times earlier this season, you're right, that we rode our luck a little bit. Now the Fulham game with a penalty springs to the mind. We weren't exactly yeah. great that day either. Um, it was a late goal as well from Suchek. Um, but then on the flip side, you look at the, the defeat at Chelsea, now the bridge where we dominate Chelsea and still got beat 3-0. Um, it's been swings and roundabouts all season, isn't it? But more often than not, it's gone our way. I think mm. now it's beginning to... Obviously, I haven't had a cliche yet, but it's you know, beginning to even itself out a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I reckon you've got a better one in you than that, Jones. You're still yeah, timing we'll we'll the podcast tonight. But you had the Ben White handball. It was a half handball in the first half, Tom. Wasn't, you know, nothing, nothing in it really. Uh, your handbash had that big, big chance. Uh, Fabianski mm. rushed out and he dinks it over him and it just veers wide of the goal. Then you had Ben Rama putting an excellent cross for Dawson and he glances it wide. Ultimately, it wasn't a great game and yeah, it might have been energy, the quality of Brighton, whatever it was. It wasn't a great game. And I did feel as you watched it, you sort of think, yeah, if, if you if you watched the highlights of that game or watched the whole game and deleted the goals out and said, right, what's a fair result there to a neutral? You'd probably go, yeah, a draw, a, a pretty dull draw, wouldn't you? Yeah, it was. It was. There, there wasn't much from either sides and it was sort of an end of season feeling, which was a bit of a shame um, considering what's on the line for us, really. But you, like we've said, you, we can't knock them. And I think the reason why it was flat is because of everything we've said. We didn't have a striker on the bench to come on and change it. Antonio didn't have his best day. He wasn't really getting in behind as much. And we didn't have anyone to change that. For now, he wasn't having his best game, couldn't link the play. It, it was just... It was just one of those days when everything seemed to go a bit off it. And with the results on that weekend, people leapfrogging us. It, it probably feels worse now than that actually is. Because with a bit of hope into it, four points probably gets us sick. To be honest, four points probably gets us sick. You like to believe Leicester beats Spurs. So you never know with these things. And you just got to hope that those energy levels, one way or another, come back up. Rice will get better this weekend. Because he was a bit off the boil again. He he could, he's had better games, but you can't expect much. He's coming that back day. from injury, in a, yeah, 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 exactly. And I just, yeah, I just think I'm looking at that bench at the 60th minute when Dawson has that chance and you miss it. You got no one to throw on, no one to mm. make that difference, no one to take the half chance, and that was the shame for me. Well, look, let's uh, let's have a bit of a look, lads, elsewhere. Because Tom, as you so expertly put it to Isabel last week, the end of the season is likely to be quite tumultuous. <laughs> Uh, which I think was what you meant to say was tumultuous. Yeah. Well, sorry, mate, what was it? Tumultuous? Just about, yeah. I don't even know what I was trying to say. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah. But um, it is, it's going to be a roller coaster end to the season. And I don't know about you two, but I was watching the Liverpool West Brom game the other day with my one of my oldest friends, who he's one of those Liverpool fans, grew up near me in Essex. His dad supports West Ham. His mum's not into football at all and he supports Liverpool. I think he's been to Anfield about four or five times in his life and at least two of those were in the away end with me when West Ham went up there. Uh, he's come to West Ham. He's definitely been to more West Ham games in person than he has Liverpool games. And I was sat there next to him watching the West Brom game and he was getting all nervous. And I went, what the hell are you getting nervous about? You know what's going to happen. You're the luckiest football club in the world. All the VAR and all the officials are in your favour. Everyone is absolutely gutted that Liverpool haven't won the league again this season. And you know you're going to score. No, 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 we won't. No, it doesn't look very good. And you know what? I started to believe the hype 
as it went to 93 minutes, I started to believe the hype. And then just when you think that you've seen it all, Alisson pops up. I mean, we haven't scored a goal like that all season, have we? With any of our outfield players, for Christ's sake. And we're number one at set pieces in the whole of the league. And he pings a header in like that in the 94th minute when they'd already played four minutes of stoppage time. The ball went out past four minutes and it was four minutes of stoppage time they were supposed to play. I just, that's when I felt this isn't meant to be. And I know you're up against the might of these big clubs and it is pathetic when it's Liverpool and, uh, and you know, a lot of the teams team to get the, the big breaks, Liverpool particularly. But I thought, oh yeah, they've been not that good against the, the smaller clubs this season. If they can like dent their confidence getting a point against already relegated West Brom, uh, it's still on. But it's just got that, you know, you can hear the pundits already, can't you? The magic of Liverpool and the spirit of this side, they just don't know when to give up. Right, you know, nothing to do with the hundreds of millions of pounds of talent in one of the deepest squads in the Europe that they've got. Um, I don't know. Let's talk about the other results because that was one that just was like a dagger through my heart. Jonesy, Tottenham obviously have got Leicester to play. Can you see the other results going our way? I think we're now worried. I know it's been in our hands all along. We've been saying these games are huge for West Ham. Let's bother about ourselves. I think our confidence levels in our team have taken a bit of a hit, haven't they? Um, whether our own team is going to be able to get it over the line or not. But what what do you make of, you know, as far as the other teams go, just assume that we do manage to get a point. How do you think it's going to go with the teams around us? It's difficult to say. I mean, I think everyone's looking at that Tottenham Leicester game last the last day. Um, if Leicester lose to Chelsea Tuesday night tonight, then I think they're, obviously they're going to desperately want to finish third over over fourth. Um, so maybe that might work in our favour a little bit because they you know they want to jump over Chelsea again on on the final day. But. Um, but I think we've we've got to look at it that you know forget everyone else. I think, like, I think we said it again last season. As long as we win our games, then whatever happens happens, um, and that's the way I see it. And uh, I think three points guarantees us top seven um, against West Brom on Wednesday night, and we just got to do that. And you know, Tottenham have a history of being a little bit spursy. We all know it. Um, and you've just got to hope that, that, that they do it again. I reckon they'd be rocked as well by the news of Harry Kane wanting to jump ship, getting a little bit bored of just not winning any, anything all season or every season. And he's, maybe, maybe that might rock them a little bit. I don't know. But yeah, I just want us to see if we win the final two games, end on a high, and then see what happens. But I don't know. I just, if, if you're asking me, will anyone drop points? My hunch is that no. All, all of us will, will win. Well, you got Leicester and Leicester and Tottenham, obviously, who are going to play each other. Um, we just need Leicester to do us a favour there in the hope that they're still clinging on for something. Tom, what's your your view on on what everyone else is up to at the moment? Because it does the old trajectories of them and us don't seem to be working in our favour too much. But you just never know, dear. I should have left that one to you, Jones. That's a good old cliche, that one, isn't it? I'm holding it. I'm putting that in my bank, but. Um... No, I, I think we've just seen it this time in the season. That's why they do it year in, year out. They just win. 
when they need to win. And that's what they've done. And I think Liverpool will win every game. I do think Spurs will drop. I don't see them beating Villa and Leicester back to back in three days. Villa with Grealish back and Watkins back from his suspension. They'll want to go out on a high. Grealish first few games before the Euros get some fitness up. So I think they'll drop points and I think we'll get four points and just get it. I think we'll slip up on one of these, but I still think four points will do it for us. And I think we'll end up coming sixth. I love that positivity, Tom Edwards. Let's take that into the rest of the show. So we West Ham United are going to come sixth. Tom, did you say we get four points here? Was that right? Yeah, four points. All right, mate. Fair play. You know what? I'm take four points. I'm beating for the last two. Sixth place would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Just imagine it. Europa League, even the Europa Conference League. James, I think we're all agreed, lads, aren't we? I'm happy to book the minibus. Martin Allen's going to sort out the tickets for us. We'll do the passports as well. Even if it's UEFA Conference League, we're going, aren't we? 100%. All day long. Absolutely. Well, look, um, just two games left for um, West Ham this season. West Bromwich, Albion and Southampton, which also means that there's just two games left for me and the boys to win some money on the Betway charity bets for the three West Ham charities that we have been playing for all season. James Jones will be able to update us on the league table going into the very last game week of the season. We've got West Brom and Southampton bets to make tonight and we'll have a little look back on the Brighton ones. That's the Betway charity bets and it's next. So you're still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast with me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. We're doing our level best here to try and stay positive. We're just as tired as the West Ham first team. I've been doing the podcast every single week since last summer. I think we had a week off at Christmas, didn't we, boys? I still made sure some content went out then. So it's uh, very energy sapping indeed for us. We try, we're keeping the energy levels up. We're trying to keep the positivity levels up just for one more week. And hopefully by the time we speak to you next week, West Ham United will have qualified for at least the Europa League. And hopefully James Jones will have added even more to the impressive amount of money that we have raised for charity on this podcast this season. It's one of the things I'm most proud of, if not the thing I am most proud of about this podcast. We get some fantastic guests on. Me and you two have a proper laugh week in, week out, normally at the expense of each other and our team. But one thing we have managed to do, thanks to our partnership with Betway, West Ham United's very own shirt sponsor, is that we've raised some serious money for three West Ham charities this season. Betway have given us for every single West Ham game in the Premier League this year a £50 stake each to put on a three-selection bet for the upcoming West Ham game. I've been playing for the Bobby Moore Fund, which is a research into bowel cancer. James Jones has been playing for the Dylan Tombides DT38 Foundation and Tom for Isla's Fight, which, of course, is to help Isla Caton in her fight against neuroblastoma, as I'm sure some of you will know. James, we didn't win anything last week against Brighton. I think we we're all a little bit optimistic. Well, we were because all of us selected West Ham to win as part of our three selections. Obviously, that didn't come to fruition, but we've got two games to look ahead to this week to make our selections for West Brom and Southampton. But first of all, like I say, I'm really proud of us this season. Just remind everyone at home how much money we've raised because, of course, Betway have agreed to match any winnings from our charity bets this season and uh, and double it up. So let's know exactly how much we've all raised and uh, and where the money's going. 
So we'll start with you, Will. Uh, you've won two bets this season, £1,310 for the Bobby Moore Fund. Uh, Tom, you've got one one bet, one win, £260 for Ida's fight. Uh, I've got three in, £2,547.50. Helped massively by that 40 to one shot a few weeks back. And we did get a guest winner with the Ribman. Uh, he won eleven hundred quid for us, which which takes the total to five thousand two hundred seventeen pound fifty. If you include Betway doubling it at the end of the season, that's ten thousand four hundred thirty-five pound to be split across our three charities at the end of the season, which is phenomenal, chaps. I think at the beginning of the season, I don't think any of us imagined that we'd be raising five-figure sums for for charity. Um, so yeah. Really, really well done, chaps. Yeah, absolutely not, mate. I totally agree. Stunning stuff. Um, Tom, that's pretty good on that front. We've got two games left to win some big dough for those charities. Again, Betway matching it, of course. Uh, so hopefully we can we can double up and, uh, and add a few more quid into the pot. Don't forget, of course, that you can back these bets yourself if you like the sound of any of our selections. You can go onto the Betway website or app go onto the bet builder section under pre-built bets scroll down and you'll find the we are west ham podcast bets it'll have my name james's name or tom so whichever one you like the sound of you'll be able to go and back them yourself if you so fancy tom you tell us first of all what have you gone for for west brom and then we'll go around and we'll do southampton again afterwards hey firstly though lads it's it's hats off to you too because without you it definitely wouldn't be um close to that figure with my betting skills at the minute. So <clears throat> let's hope one of these comes off. And, and West Brom, I've gone West Ham to win to nil. Antonio, two plus shots on target and Dawson to score any time. Southampton, and then I've gone West Ham to win over two and a half goals and then they score any time as well. So I'm hopeful Antonio is going to be in the right area a few times in the next couple of weeks and um, just got to probably win these games because um, I'm begging for one last bet win. So I'm not lagging so far behind you chaps and can raise a bit more money absolutely mate yeah it's good stuff uh james what have you gone for for west brom first then southampton so west brom i've gone uh west ham win thomas suchek to score any time and jesse lingard to score any time uh, i know i've been relatively pessimistic but on, on the show tonight but i do fancy us to, to score a few goals and it's about time both those got on the score sheet and then final day of the season, Southampton, I've got us down to win again, um, but this time to nil. Um, Jared Bowen scoring in time and over two and a half goals. I think Jack Ross's um, prediction of three nil uh, is, is a decent prediction. If that comes in, then I'm happy as long as Bowen scores. Oh, James, hang on. You don't know what Jack Ross's prediction is because the opposition view comes after this bit. Ah, oh, you've is lifted really? the curtain. They're oh, all going to no. know now that we oh, recorded no. it before this. You've oh, ruined no. it. Oh, oh, man. Man. Jones, he had a <laughs> We've convinced them all so well all season. This has been a, it's been a seamless whatever, live. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. cuts out the bag, listeners. Yeah, yeah this, is, they this is not a seamless didn't know. live. None of them knew. Oh, what a nightmare. Well, look, fingers crossed from you, boys. I have gone for the West Bromwich Albion game. We've gone West Ham to win, both teams to score, and Angelo Ogbonna anytime. That was my biggest win of the season with Angelo Ogbonna bagging. Earlier on in the campaign, that one, my biggest one, I think a 28 to one shot. Uh, so I've gone with Oggy again because I just fancy him. It's going to be a bit of a grim attritional game. 
against uh, a Sam Allardyce team, isn't it? So I just fancy if we're going to score, it's going to be from set pieces, as we've established already. We haven't got that much running left in us. So, yeah, West Ham to win both teams to score and Angelo Ogbon at any time for West Brom. And Southampton, I've just gone big. I've gone West Ham United to win a goal in each half and inspired by Alisson at Liverpool. I've gone Lucas Fabianski, goal or assist. I just fancy it. We're 1-0 down, perhaps. There's 93 minutes on the clock. Ball gets swung in. Craig Dawson leaps at the back. It was a little bit over here, so he has to nod it back. Lucas is there on the penalty spot. Right foot sweeps it into the bottom left corner, in off the post to nick us a point that seals Europa League football. But, you know, why not, eh? There'll be some absolutely eye-watering odds on that from Chad, no doubt. And let's hope that it could be a big one to wrap us up for the season. Just a massive thanks from us, of course, to Betway. They've been great with us all season long. We'll be sure to update you again on what happens with these bets next week. But uh, yeah, just Chad, especially Chad Jomans at Betway. Great bloke. Really appreciate all the uh, help that they've given us this season and wonderful to have raised over 10 grand for those three excellent West Ham charities. So cheers to that one. Stay with us because as James Jones has just let you behind the curtain, you will hear the opposition view with Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard about his beloved Southampton next. But in fact, and spoiler alert, we've already recorded it. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast for me, Will Pugh, Tom Edwards and James Jones. Betway Charity Bets there. Big, big, big week coming up just to get those last few pounds over the line for our three West Ham charities. Fingers crossed me and the boys can just pull in one more big one before the end of the season. Already delighted, of course, to have raised over 10 grand for our three West Ham charities. Just one more win would be lovely, jubbly indeed. And delighted to say that joining us, though, for the opposition view in part four from the evening standard is friend of ours, personal friend and friend of the show, Jack Crosser. Jack's lovely to see you, mate. I'm very, very sorry, first of all, for nausing up the timings. I thought Southampton, the mighty saints, your mighty saints were kicking off at eight o'clock, got you on at quarter past seven so that we could get in nice and early before you could have a couple of beers and put your feet up. And it turns out we have got confused and I've got you plumb in the middle of the riveting nil nil with Leeds. Oh, we're nowhere near important enough to be playing at eight o'clock, mate. Not anymore. <laughs> Jack, you've uh, you've obviously covered West Ham loads this season. It's brilliant, been brilliant having you on uh, on occasion to chat about the Hammers. But we've got you here tonight for your personal love away from your professional life, which is, of course, Southampton. I can't really think of a stranger season. Ours has obviously been peculiar because no one expected us to do it. First half of the season, you were like Brazil and... Second half, it seems like, you know, people say about you being on the beach and those sort of uh, terminologies are coming into play now. They say, oh, you know, Crystal Palace on the beach already. All of those mid-table teams on the beach already. Southampton seem to be having their feet up and the pina coladas in their hand in about January the 16th, wasn't it? Earlier than that, it was it's a really bizarre one. Obviously, like you mentioned, the start to the season was, was fantastic. Around about November time, I was looking to the game on on Sunday as a title decider, I think that was the way it was, it was shaping up. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's just, it's been really bizarre, obviously flying start. And then like everyone, you get hit by injuries this season. Um, but Saints were hit with a few of their most important players. Obviously Danny Ings w- was out injured and then 
you lose you lose people like Oriol Romeo, Carl Walker Peters was a massive loss for a time, Yannick Vestergaard as well. He's been fantastic this season, sort of just transformed into into Virgil Van Dijk all of a sudden. And um, when you lose those sort of players and the sort of lack of depth that that Saints have got, then then you can't keep up with it. And it it really just spiralled and and sort of went from being top in the league in November to uh, to looking over your shoulder quite seriously at a relegation battle. And um, now all the pressure's gone off and a couple of players have come back there, flying again, back-to-back wins before Leeds and, and playing well against Leeds as we speak. Um, yeah, it's so bizarre. Yeah, what Ralph Arsenal, he, he has his moments where he looks like one of the best managers in the world and then you've had those two games where you've conceded nine and, and fingers start getting pointed at him. But what what do Southampton fans think of him? Because he has had quite an up and down time because you look amazing and one week you don't. So so what is the feeling behind him? Uh, he, he, as you mentioned, the two, um, you know, standard mentions for the two nine nils, but for a manager that... <laughs> That has lost nine nil twice. He's, he's remarkably safe, you know. Of, of all the managers that that Saints have had in recent years, you wouldn't think it would be him that would be on the end of results like that. Um, he's he's got the absolute backing of of the board and and the fan base. There are some questions over you know changes he makes and you know maybe being a bit stubborn in in the way he plays. But you get that with with any manager, you know. However well they're doing, some people are going to question what they're doing. But the, the message after the first. 9-0 was, you know, players are going to go before the manager and and it was similar again, really. But I think the, the main frustration is that that he's not had the funds to to sort of back up the plan that he's got because he's given so much, you know, power and control by the club, but he's not really given the finances to back it up. And with, with a bit of money, you'd like to be able to see what he could do. Jake, you mentioned finances there. Um, what What's he got to do in the summer to kind of ensure that there isn't, uh, a slump in form whenever one or two players get injured or we're in the same position where squad depth has, has really bitten us towards the end of the campaign. What's he got to do with seemingly a, a limited budget to, to stop that from happening again next season? Yeah, you, you wonder whether they'll have to be clever with their loan moves again. Obviously, um, we've done quite well with them in, in recent years. Uh, Theo Walcott has, has joined this season and and has just signed permanently on a free transfer. Carl Walker-Peters came in on loan and then joined permanently. You wonder whether there'll be deals like that again. You know, it's been reported that, that they're looking at Ruben Loftus-Cheek, and I know they were really keen on him before he went to Fulham, but but were put off by the wages a bit. Um, so you wonder whether that could be another way to go. Like you said, the, the money's really not there, but they're just so shallow in, in key positions. You know, you look at the centre of midfield and... There's so much energy in the way that we play and especially in those positions, they're asked to do a lot. So if you lose one, it, it changes it a lot. So you need someone reliable there. And it's a bit difficult for them because they're sort of, you know, Ralph's very open about the fact that they're shopping in a market of around, you know, 10, 15 million and, and you don't really get too much when you're a Premier League club for that, for that sort of price. So they've got to be extremely canny in what's already a very difficult market. And get yourself out to Slavia Prague, mate. They've got loads of bargain basements there. Eh? Get yourself a Kufau or a Suchek. <laughs> Not anymore, mate. I think West Ham have ruined that for everyone. Absolutely, yeah. I'll miss a Tverdik, the old, um, yeah, the, the, the top man at uh, Slavia Prague at the moment. Absolutely rubbing his hands together. He can't give scouting tickets away enough, I understand, at the uh, at the arena <laughs> over there in uh, in Prague. Look, Jack, it's a, again, strange season uh, for, for you guys, as we've touched on 
already like you said you you sort of hit a bit of form at a strange time now some of your bigger players are on the way back what looking ahead to the game against West Ham last game of the season some fans in at the London Stadium which will be great of course from a West Ham point of view we've got a lot riding on it or hopefully we'll have a lot riding on it our energy levels and our form are on a bit of a downward trajectory yours seems to be uh to be riding high and you're finishing with somewhat of a swan song what uh how do you see it playing out at, at the weekend you you've got a bit more freedom in in a weird way that's sort of sort of a bit worrying uh being that it's Southampton at the London Stadium I'd imagine West Ham will win 3-0 um <laughs> we've I've had a few games there that I've covered for work and just had to trudge down the stairs listening to a load of West Ham fans giving us stick after the game. Um, we've not got a very good record there. I think really, you know, it'll be interesting to see how, how West Ham go on, get on against West Brom in terms of their energy. If the energy's there and there's some finishing touches, then I think the fact they, they will have a lot to play for on that final day may just lean it, lean it in their favour. Like you say, Saints are finishing the season well, but if you've got... Um, if you've got something to play for in terms of, you know, Europa League uh, or Europa Conference League, if, if you really fancy that, then, um, you know, that, that could be the thing that tilts it. I'm not overly confident uh, from a Southampton perspective. Jack, uh, we're, we're probably not confident either the way we're playing and, and clutching at straws. Is anyone going to be out for the game that that might actually change things in our favour? Because I saw Ings was on the bench today, so um, he might have picked up something or something like that. Hopefully. I'm afraid there's there's nothing that you can really say from that side unless anyone gets lost against Leeds. They're they're managing Danny Ings in terms of his fitness. He only played 50 minutes um, against Crystal Palace in the week. He, he came on at half time against Leeds, so it's sort of all arranged in terms of of building him back up after that, that injury and trying to get him into the Euros squad. Really, um, that might be the only thing that counts against West Ham. Really, is that you've got players like Ward Prowse and and, and like Danny Ings, who are trying to get in the England squad, then you've got Stuart Armstrong and, and Shay Adams, who are trying to to prime themselves for the Scotland squad as well. So there's nothing too promising from a West Ham perspective yeah. in terms of Danny Ings not turning up. Yeah, one thing I noticed earlier, I was looking at the form guide home and away, and Southampton's away form is atrocious, um, has been all season. Um, do you think that partly that's down to no fans? Uh, home, form, home form's been a little bit better, but... Now with fans coming back, do you think that we might see Santa might see a bit of an uplift in, in form towards the end of the season with fans back? I'm not really sure. I think um I think not having fans at St Mary's benefited them across the, the end of last season and the start of this. That you know, they, for a good few years they really, really struggled playing at home um in front of in front of the home fans. I'm not really sure how much home and away has sort of you know, impacted players when there when there's been no one in the in the ground in terms of going to you know difficult places away from home. I think our form in general has just been fairly atrocious across you know the majority of this season. I think we beat beat Liverpool at home on the the fourth of January, and then everything fell apart from there. Um, so for the most part of the season, it's it's not been fantastic. And then this upturn in recent weeks has has been at home. We've beaten Burnley. Uh, beating Crystal Palace and beating Fulham, so that's that's you know lifted the home form up again a bit. But I don't know. I think I think you know there might be a bit to, to take just from playing in front of fans again at the London Stadium. But 
you'd imagine, given the season that West Ham have had, it's not, it's hardly going to be a, a toxic atmosphere when they come back, is it? <laughs> no. Two of, the, two of the first passes misplaced and then it'll yeah. get back to normal. <laughs> <laughs> exactly that, yeah. Uh, Jack, James mentioned a little bit of an upturn in form and I thought he was going to say, is it because a few of them, Danny Ings particularly, are angling for moves in the summer? What's looking ahead to that sort of, uh, you know, the over summer period. It was a bit of a weird transfer window last year. There's questions about how much money clubs will have to spend this summer as well. Ings is obviously the main one that the mainstream media are talking about. What's your your thoughts about the comings and goings at your club over the summer? Um, I'd be surprised if Danny Ings left. I think they, you know, speaking to people around him and around the club, they all seem fairly relaxed about about the whole situation. You wonder whether the, the Harry Kane thing might change that. Spurs have admired him for, you know, a, a decent amount of time. But I think it's, you know, it'd be a good addition to Spurs in general. Mm. Whether he's a good addition to replace Harry Kane is a completely different question. Um, so, yeah, I'd be fairly surprised if, if he did eventually leave. But like I said earlier, there is, there's a lot to do. You need some depth. You, we, we could do with... Um, someone out wide with a bit of quality. They sort of tried Takumi Minamino, but I'm not sure too many people are, are having him since he arrived on loan from Liverpool. So there could be a bit of movement there. You know, Ryan Bertrand is one that, that obviously is going to move on as well after seven years at the club. So there's more business to be done at left back as well. Um, and they're, they're looking at a number of options there. Just as we've gone one nil down against Leeds, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, yeah, the goalkeeper as well. Actually, watching that, the goalkeeper is something that they might look at. They can't decide the first choice at the moment. Absolutely delighted to have you on for that, Jack Rosser. I must admit, we'll let we'll let you go and uh, and drown your sorrows before you do. It's final game of the season, always a big one, especially big for West Ham. This year, Sunday the 23rd of May, that is four o'clock kickoff at London Stadium. You've suggested West Ham 3-0 already, but give us your genuine score prediction before we let you go. Uh, 3-1 West Ham, there you go, I'll be a bit more positive. 3-1 West Ham, what a way to end the season. The last opposition view of the season as well, Jake. Well, look, we'd just like to thank you, first of all, for all the stuff and the time you've given us on the podcast. We hope to see you at the uh, end of season beers next week. Uh, it be great to see you again. Thanks for everything you've done for us. And uh, yeah, fingers crossed that Southampton don't finish the season too well and they collapse 4-0. Nice and relaxed cruise towards that final Europa League spot after we beat West Brom. Jack Russo there from the Evening Standard. Stay with us because it's Name That Game next. So you are still listening to the We Are West Ham podcast and we're getting to the end of the show. We're also getting to the end of the season. That was Jack Rosser from the Evening Standard there talking about his beloved Southampton. Wonderful hearing them go 1-0 down during the recording. James Jones has obviously nosed it up. So I'm going to be honest, we're actually recording this Name That Game section straight after the Betway charity bets. But we normally do it so seamlessly that none of you will ever... No, lads, pretty funny having uh, Jack Southampton go 1-0 <laughs> down to Leeds as we record in there. If I'm not incorrect, that is exactly the scoreline that the game finished at, was it not? 2-0. 2-0. 
Who nil? There we go. I mean, thank God we didn't keep him on for any longer because Jack uh, yeah. <laughs> we probably would have burst into tears. And we were fingers crossed that Southampton, their confidence is going to take a huge dent from that. And they're really not going to be up for it going into the West Ham game at the London Stadium on the last game of the season. Uh, James, me and you are also hoping that one man who has got his feet up on the beach already, pina colada in hand, flip-flops on, and Tom Edwards is the sort of bloke, I imagine, <laughs> who wears budgie smugglers. And a bucket hat, weirdly. I know he wears a yeah. bucket hat for sure. but um, yeah, He yeah. looks like a type of guy that wears a bucket hat. Yeah, very much the business yeah. wannabe, isn't he? Danny Dyer, that sort of ilk <laughs> is Tom Edwards. Uh, yeah, me Not and you, James, well. obviously yeah. hoping that Tom's got his mind on all things summer holidays already. I've got a feeling... James, that our lead might just, or Tom's lead, excuse me, might just be insurmountable. He's on 49 points at the top of the name that game leaderboard. James Jones is on 41 and I am rock bottom after a poor week last week on 40. And I'm also Quizmaster this week, which does not bode for, me, for well for me whatsoever. James, Tom. It's a big one this week. It's a big one for West Ham. It's a big one for the We Are West Ham podcast. We're going to do a little wrap-up next week, no doubt, as far as name that game is concerned. We'll all have a round of being the quiz master each show. There'll be some points up for grabs. But this one, I am back, as usual. New listeners, seven obscure... Sorry, seven pieces of information about a West Ham game from history. The quiz master, which is me this week, collects those seven pieces of information. The lads get a point for each one they guess as I reveal them one by one. The first one is obscure fact, then it's a scoreline, the opposition goal scorer, West Ham goal scorer, the stadium in which it was played, West Ham's opponent, and the season. Tiebreaker is the exact year the game took place. If it's still a draw after the first seven. Lads, no messing around this week. The obscure fact and piece of information about this game is that the man of the match on the day was a player West Ham signed the very next summer. I'll go. Go on, James. I have a scoreline, don't I? We need the scoreline, please. Yep. 4 1. 4 1 is incorrect. Tom, I'm going to let you have a go. Oh, I, I think I had the same game in, in my head. 4 2. It was not 4-2. And i tell you what, lads, what I'm going to do, just because I'm feeling generous, even though I'm bottom of the leaderboard, I'm going to give you another clue about the game. This match was only the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 time we'd played this team in history. So I need from... Oh, no, I need to tell you the scoreline first. The scoreline of the game was... West Ham United nil, opposition team nil. So instead of opposition goal scorer, what I need from you, please, I'm going to ask you for the opposition. I need the goalkeeper. Um, Fabianski. Fabianski is incorrect. James Jones. I'm going to say, I don't think this is it. I'm going to go for it anyway. See it. Asmir Begovic. Asmir Begovic is incorrect. The goalkeeper who was in fact man of the match on the day for the opposition who West Ham signed the very next summer was Jimmy Walker. 
Ooh. Still nothing from college. So next, because we know it's nil-nil, I need, normally I'd need the West Ham goal scorer, but there wasn't a West Ham goal scorer. So I need the West Ham United goalkeeper on the day, please. And if I'm not mistaken, Um, it's Stephen Bywater. Tom Edwards to go first. Tom Edwards goes with Stephen Bywater. And that is correct. Tom Edwards gets the first point of name that game this week. Puts himself on 50 points overall. That's a big one for Tom Jones. You are up next with the stadium. I don't know what I don't know. I thought I did know, but I don't. I've got my head all in the muddle. I'm going to go Stamford Bridge. Stamford Bridge is incorrect, James. Oh, what have I done? Oh, he's dropped an absolute <laughs> clanger there. Surely that's it for Edwards for the title. Thomas Edwards. <laughs> up the, up Park. The stadium, please, that is correct. And Tom Edwards <laughs> goes 2-0 up. James Jones looks shaken, almost as if he still doesn't know who the opponent is. We've had five of the seven clues. James Jones is rattled, and this is really all about the relegation battle at the moment. James Jones still on 41 points. Me breathing down his neck on 40. Jones, I had a shocker last week. You need to rescue it now, my friend. Clue number six. West Ham's opponent, James, please. I'm out. The man doesn't know. I do not. I know it. Hang on, Tom. Hang on, Tom. It's an I know it, but I've just lost it. We're going to give James five seconds. Four. No, he can have it. Three, two, one. He hasn't got it. Tom Edwards for a three-nil up. Um, Is it Walsall? Uh, Yeah, Walsall is his old team. It is Walsall. West Ham United, nil. Walsall, nil. Jimmy Walker in goal for the opposition. Stephen Bywater in goal for West Ham. West Ham signed Jimmy Walker. The following summer. So, can you rescue it? James Jones, the season the game was played, please. Oh, my word. Um, I'm going to say 2000-2001. So, James, I'd just like to remind you, you've gone with 2000-2001 there. If you get this question wrong... This will be the first blank we've had on Name That Game all season long. James Jones has gone for 2000-2001. Tom Edwards, who leads 3-0, has got a wry grin on his face as if he knows that you have actually got that question wrong. James Jones, it is not 2000-2001. He's got zero points on Name That Game for the first time this season. It's a historic one for all concerned. But Tom, to wrap up, the win this week and surely the name that game title for the season. Please tell me the game that West Ham nil Walsall nil was played. Season, I think I mean. it would have been it would have been in the championship. So 03-04. Tom Edwards. It's a clean yeah. sweep. It's 4-0 to Tom Edwards. 03-04. I've got to be title for Tom. Of course, name that game <laughs> will be back at the end of season party next week. There will be points up for grabs, but surely. Tom Edwards is not going to drop a big of a clanger as James Jones has just dropped there in name that game. Tom Edwards takes it. 53 points Tom Edwards sits on. James Jones stays rooted to the spot on 41, which leaves me with a real chance next week to overtake him and leave James (laughs) Jones with a wooden spoon. Jonesy, there's only one place we can go. We'll go to the victor afterwards. Tom will no doubt be delighted. You've had a meltdown. What's happened? Oh, what? 
So I, I had for some reason I had the game in which Jimmy Walker was playing for us and he saved the penalty against Chelsea. Um, and as soon as I thought of that game, regardless of the fact that I knew that suddenly Jimmy Walker wasn't playing for us in that game that you you picked, that game was still in my head. That's why I said Stanford Bridge. And then that, then I couldn't remember who we signed Jimmy Walker from, and my, I just ended up just crumbling. I, I just yeah, completely and utterly bottled it, chaps. It's a it's a capitulation, unlike one we've ever seen on this podcast. Do you, do you know what I blame it on? You know, it's been a long season. I've had no help, no signings in the summer, in in the winter, <laughs> and I'm just beginning to run out of steam a little bit, boys. Um, uh, January back up. Yeah, well, it's, it's been a long hard season. It's a stinker, Tom. I, I don't want to give it to you already. We'll do it next week, of course. We'll all have a round of name that game each. We'll shake it up a little bit to wrap the season up, but I can't see that you're going to have that much of a stinker next week that you don't take the title. It's a storming performance from you, but it's hard not to say that it was handed to you on a plate there. Yeah, I did. I did. I was struggling with that one as well. And I think Jonesy helped me out as well. But listen, we go every week. We go each week now and it's not over till the fat lady sings. So um, there won't be any champagne pot tonight, put it that way. We'll, We'll take this over to next week and hopefully see off the job. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Well, look, congratulations, Jonesy. Commiserations. Stay with us because it's the West Ham women next. So an absolute nightmare from James Jones there on Name That Game. He surely handed Tom Edwards the title. And another team who had a little bit of a nightmare at the weekend was the West Ham women after an excellent uh, seems weird saying that about a 1-0 defeat against Manchester City in the WSL the week before. They travelled up to Manchester to face the Citizens in the FA Cup, which were, in what we were hoping wasn't going to be their last game of the season. Turned out it was because they lost 5-1. I'm delighted to say that joining us for probably the last time this season, a friend of the show and a regular guest about all things West Ham women is Sandra Brobby from The Sun, sports journalist and WSL expert. Sandra, it's wonderful to have you with us again. Thanks so much for giving us your time. It seemed a little bit of a fitting way for West Ham to bow out of the season, really. A shame, obviously, that they couldn't go further in the FA Cup. I don't think, if we're all honest with each other, that we saw anything other than a defeat coming. We had a little bit of hope after somehow... Uh, escaping too much of a thrash in the week before in the league. But, um, yeah, obviously couldn't quite do that again in the cup. What did you make of it? It's just one of those things, isn't it? It's unfortunate just in terms of, you know, defensively, they've been quite solid in the last five um, league games, you know, just in terms of those performances. So it's a bit unfortunate for them to go out in that manner. Um, But... I think the plus sides are, I mean, since that 5-0 walloping of Reading, West Ham defensively have been quite good. I mean, House Soko has been quite impressive. There was a, you know, in that league game against um, um, City, that that performance against them was was quite solid. Good performance from Howard, good performance from Courtney Brosnan. So, yeah, 5-1 flashing, not ideal. But, you know, when you look at it in the hindsight, A, they survived. Defensively, they've looked a lot more solid since that Reading win. The only three goals they conceded in their last, um, was it four or five games in the league were against, were, you know, City and Arsenal. So I think there's a lot of positives that um, West Ham women can take going into next season. 
Sarge, you, you mentioned the next season. See, focus is now on on fairly harder um, in the summer. But one one thing he's already done is brought in Paul Konchesky as as his assistant. Um, what do you think that would do for do for the morale within within the dressing room and the and, and the coaching staff? I, I believe he, he has been coaching the team sort of on and off, and he's now taken the job sort of assistant manager full time. Do you think you know that's sort of what the team needed going into the summer and next season is a little bit more of a sort of a, a solid coaching staff and a, a friendly face around the dressing room as well because obviously he's, he, he's got some strong links to the club. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, he's been West Ham for most of his life as a player, as a coach, helping the under-15s, working in the the academy and then helping players out. Was it managing the player loan side of things at the club? So to have someone like that there is fantastic. And um, I believe he's quite popular amongst some of the players there with the likes of, and with Jilly Flaherty, the captain, the captain as well. So I think that's a real, you know, it's a real coup to have him there permanently. I mean, he's been there since, what is it, January, February anyway, with um, Oli mm-hmm. Harder. And Oli Harder's been singing his praises, you know, in terms of the impact he's had. And, you know, defensively recently, it, you know, if he's had an input into that, that's just great for, for West Ham going ahead into next term. So I think it's good to have someone who's, you know, West Ham through and through, knows the club inside out, uh, really great in particular when they're bringing new players to settle in. I just think it really helps in terms of morale and just team spirit, I suppose. Mm. Sandra, looking ahead to this summer, should should we be expecting a lot of activity in the transfer market from West Ham? Obviously, with the new uh, money coming into the game, there might potential for, for some big name signings from West Ham. They've done it before. Are we expecting a busy summer? In and out, that is. Yeah, I mean, I guess Harder would have had the opportunity to see what he wants to do in terms of, you know, changes to the side, whether he wants to reinforce the tack again. I know he brought in Brynja's dot here, but does he want to strengthen the forward line again? He'll have an idea of who wants to to move on. I know they've obviously brought in um, a really experienced uh, Australian international, Tamika Yallop, who's worked with Harder before, you know, scoring, what, 30-odd odd um, goals in, I think, 50 or 50-odd games or so. I'm not sure. I'll have to double-check her stats. But she's very good, played in Australia, played um, in the National Women's Soccer League, played in the Women's Bundesliga in Germany. Lots of experience, very good midfielders. So they've got that there. So, yeah, I mean, if they could maybe strengthen the forward line a little bit, just in terms of their attack, particularly going up against the likes of, of teams of the calibre of City, of, of Arsenal's calibre, of Chelsea's calibre, then maybe that's something they, they, they're probably looking at for the summer. But it's good to see that they've got someone like Tamika Yallop coming in there. They've got quite a, you know, a good crop of um, Aussie players going in there. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. It's quite the, uh, quite the Socceroos environment at the uh, training yeah. ground at the moment, isn't it? It's funny, Sandra, you've come on this season. You've been fairly... Upbeat and positive, I'd say, certainly in comparison to me and my, my two miserable stooges alongside me. We've uh, made up quite the grim trio at some points this season, despite the men's excellent form. But when we're talking about the women, it's been disappointing. But you've managed to stay quite upbeat and you, you find the positives in where we sometimes struggle. Looking back on the season, it finished with somewhat of a flourish. It's a bit of a strange one. Whenever teams part company of a manager midway through, that's never really for good reasons, is it? And it wasn't good at times. It was it wasn't doing too well at all. We've seen Matt Beard uh, link up with Liverpool again um, since the end of the season. He gave Bristol City a little bit of a rocket up the backside. It just wasn't quite enough for them. But just looking at West Ham 
solely, I think it is fair to be disappointed from from me and the lads' point of view and all the West Ham women listeners that we have tuning into the podcast every week. We had Michelle on the other week. She's disappointed. I think there is a mood of disappointment around someone like yourself who, who's managed to look on on the bright side a few times this season. What 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 do you make of of, of how it's gone? Were you surprised in it, or do you think it, it, it has fallen below par? Well, I wasn't expecting them to be in a relegation battle. I didn't think that would happen. I thought they'd be solid mid-table. So that's, I guess, that and the fact that, you know, the first half of the season was was dismal, um, you know, apart from obviously that, the one performance that stood out for me in the first half of the term was um, the, it, it was a loss, but it was, a you know, it was an embarrassing loss, that 3-2 loss away at Chelsea. But by West Ham standards, you want them to push on. You'd want them to be mid, you know, pushing mid-table, um, given the, the players that have been brought into the team and what have you, and, and the experience they'd have, you just want them to push higher. And then you, when you look at the likes of Brighton, who were also struggling, and now they're finishing sixth, you think West Ham should be there, thereabouts, with Brighton, with um, the Evertons. I guess, I mean, I, I suppose with me, because I'm not a West Ham fan, maybe that's why I've, I've kind of like maybe looking optimistically. But if if you've been following them, you know, since they've joined the WSL, you'd want them to push up higher because they've got some very good players in that team. Um, and you would expect them to at the very least be pushing um, further up the table. And then when you consider the, you know, reaching that cup final with Matt Beard as well, you think, well, that's a platform to build on both in terms of trying to win cups, but then also just in terms of the league and improving league form. So you'd expect them to be doing better than, you know, being in a relegation scrap as they were this season. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, fingers crossed that can happen. But look, next season, Sandra, the women's game, we hope, is going to change quite significantly, certainly in this country, with the Sky Sports deal that's coming into play. The, the game is going to be in front of lots more people. It's going to be far more easy to access the FA player. Uh, can be a bit clunky at times it's fair to say there'll be no more logging in it'll just be easy for people to switch over and they'll be able to be exposed to some football that they may not have seen so far what are you expecting from the deal and and how do you think it's going to change the game what can we all expect from the WSL on on Sky Sports next season well hopefully just more people in general even if you're not you know just just watching the game just more even if they're, they're, you know, the critical fans just switching in, the ones who are whinging and say, oh, women's football, whatever, just even if they're watching it, just more, more awareness, more a high profile for the game and just more analysis of, of, you know, the technical side of the women's game. And you hope it will lead to more money for, for all the clubs, in particular clubs like Birmingham, who've, you know, they've survived, but they've gone through so many, so much stress this season in terms of the issues we've heard about, uh, pay, working conditions, players not, you know, uncertainty with contracts. Um, you just hope that it will lead to more investment in, in these women's clubs. One thing I also hope to see is that, you know, the women's teams are playing generally at better venues for some of them. Mm. So you're not seeing so many cancellations and just issues with waterlogged pitches or pitches just being poor quality. You can't have that on Sky. No. So, uh, no, you can't. So you don't, a higher profile, more uh, top players coming in. I know from an interview I did with um, Chelsea goalkeeper Anne Katrinberger, she was with the German national team um, a month or so ago, a couple of months ago, and she was saying how everyone was talking over there about the WSL deal and how they're thinking the WSL is the place to be, so the TV deal. So um, you'd hope that it will lead to a more players wanting to come here, bigger names coming here, 
you know, the likes of a Sam Kerr and, and things like that coming to play and, and coming to, uh, to, you know, West Ham and other sides. So you just want it to lead to more awareness, more profile for the game and just more people watching it and, and you know, following West Ham and what have you and what they're doing and, and knowing, uh, you know, that what, the likes of what, what Judy Flaherty is about, what West Ham's about and just following the game in general. So, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, look, we uh, certainly hope to see a bit more of that from West Ham and us here at the podcast hope to see a bit more of you next season. It's been absolutely brilliant having you on all year. We do really appreciate you giving us all your time all season long. It's not been a great one for the West Ham women, but it's been a pretty good one for the We Are West Ham podcast coverage of the team. And uh, a, a great deal of that is down to you and all the time you've given us. So thanks very much for that, Sandra. All the teams, we're looking forward to seeing you hopefully for a drink at the end of season celebration, which it will be next week. And we hope to have you on low Loads more next season when lots more people will be able to be exposed to WSL and particularly West Ham women. Sandra Bobby there from The Sun, WSL expert and football journalist. Thanks so much. Stay with us. We'll have some final thoughts next. So, boys, that is it for the show this week. That's nearly it for the season believe it or not wonderful having Sandra Brobby on there massive uh, appreciation for her and all her time she's given us on the podcast this season lads it'd be good to see her again next week as we're all allowed to start seeing people in person again it will be flipping wonderful to see you two that is for sure for a couple of beers Tommy's absolutely delighted because it looks like he might not have to pay for any himself especially given his wonderful form in name that game but lads as we're signing off from this podcast for the week it's Leicester nil Chelsea nil after half an hour so if you listen to this on Wednesday and West Ham's top four fate or lack of top four fate has been sealed already then we're very sorry about that but at the moment the dream boys is still alive and we on the we are West Ham podcast are going to cling on to it for as long as we can James Jones and Tom Edwards join me tonight it's been absolutely brilliant lads uh, just briefly on the uh, fantasy Premier League Jonesy have you given up hope on catching me there I must admit there was a bit of squeaky bum time for me there's two weeks left um, I'll, I'll just let everyone know what the points difference is in two seconds but have you given up hope yet? Nah. No. It's quite nah. a quick and simple nah. one. I, you're supposed nah. to fill in here Jones as I get the league table up. That's how it works. Yeah well I mean I've got 145 points last week um, and I'm confident this week or two weeks ago two game weeks ago 145 points but I think the gap is 40-odd points between us with two game weeks left, including this one. Um, so it's still doable. Um, it's a mountain to climb, but I, I still fancy myself. 47 points it is, Jones, with two weeks remaining. I'm on 2,190. You're on 2,143. Tom, have you given up 1,987? Certainly won't be catching me, that's for sure. And let's be honest, I don't think you're going to be catching Jonesy either. You might have one name that game, um, and I don't think we had any beers on Fantasy, so perhaps it was more prudent of you to spend your time brushing up on old West Ham games rather than picking some Premier League players who you thought were going to do well for your team. Mate, that's it. If there's pint, not pine sign involved, I'm not bothered. Yeah, and a few weeks ago, I... Um... I canned it. I've drafted all the Tottenham lads in for some reason and um, couldn't look at the same side again. So 
canned it. But I, I, I wouldn't write Jonesy off. He's got that look of a man who needs something. He's hurting from name that game and he might come back with a vengeance. <laughs> Absolutely yeah. that, mate. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, uh, boys, it is still alive. It's felt a bit glum tonight. It has felt a bit flat. I know we've tried and that dream, it is still alive. It is still on as we speak. Leicester nil, Chelsea nil. And you just never know in football, do you? It does seem West Ham are running out of steam a little bit. But I think I get the feeling that after all is said and done, if we manage to even nick in the old Europa Conference League or whatever it is, and we're playing God knows who away. Someone told me the other day, I believe the final is being played in Albania, which will be, uh, <laughs> tells you all you need to know about the quality yeah. of the competition. But look, it's European competition nonetheless, buzzing still from when we won the Intertoto Cup. So why wouldn't we be buzzing if we managed to win this? Look, Tom, you go first, mate. Just some final thoughts from you on the show tonight. How you feel about West Ham at the moment? And looking ahead, it's West Bromwich Albion on Wednesday before Southampton on Sunday. They're two huge games. You won't be able to speak to the listeners between now and then unless they follow your capital letters ramblings on Twitter. But this is the first and last time they'll be had to hear from you audibly before the West Brom and Southampton game. So give it to me. Yeah, but firstly, a bit of apology if we're a bit negative, but I think um, last week was deflating. The last five have been. But as you say, it won't even take that much to get top six. And I think if we said top six, when we had this run in, we would have taken it anyway. And we'd been very happy to just upset the elite and be in there. And it is in our hands against the Southampton side who probably on the beach and West Brom already relegated. So just got to pray we turn up. We start getting our shooting boots on and we finish it strongly because I'm certain Tottenham will slip up at some point And hopefully we're right there to take advantage when they do. So come on, the boys. Absolutely, mate. Fingers crossed. Wally Downs, former guest on the podcast uh, this season, has got on to Sam this week and said, look, those lads on the We Are West Ham podcast, they're really, really good blokes. Can you just not bother winning? You, I know you liked West Ham really, big Sam. Just just roll over for him. You tried hard at Liverpool. You tried to do him a favour then, and the goal he scored. Well, you can do him a favour on Wednesday by just letting him walk all over you. James Jones. It's been another big show for us. It's another big two games, the biggest two games of West Ham's season. What's gone before the 36 that have passed, they're done. We forget all about them, including Brighton and including all the other big and small results. Two games left. What are you saying? As I said earlier, I think I think we can I think we can win both. I think I think we will finish strongly. I think that the Brighton game would have would have hurt the team. They would have would have hurt them a little bit knowing what was at stake, but it's still alive, you know. As we, as we know, I think if if Leicester win at Chelsea, um, then it means that top four top four will be a possibility if we beat West Brom going into the final day. I think we're two points in it, which will make it good. But as I speak right now, Chelsea have just gone one nil up, so maybe that's completely oh, um, completely gone. I was just about but, to sign off. What if that's the third one? You've you've probably snoogered me tonight. It's all falling to bits on the We Are West Ham podcast, isn't it? Just as I'm building myself up to the next thing I'm going to say, you sneak <laughs> in and you just, your ghost. Uh, yeah, well, oh, you know, God. It's, it's a team sport. Oh, it's handball anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, but, um, but yeah, if we can take it into the last day, make it a bit more interesting, I definitely fancy it against Southampton at home. Um, and then we'll go from there. But uh, as, as Mike Allen said last week, we've got to be happy with whatever we get. Um, as long as we don't 
finish eighth or ninth, then we'd be disappointed. But if we finish seventh, as I said right at the beginning, I really fancy the Europa Conference League. I fancy it to Albania next May. Um, yeah, bring it on. James Jones with some thoughts there on a very whelming season for West Ham United so far. These next two will be the difference between under and overwhelming. That is for sure. Sign off with a little bit of housekeeping. Do follow us on Twitter at we are underscore West Ham. We're on Instagram as well. And we are on YouTube. You can watch these shows back all of it in one, if you so please, or just the individual sections, if that's what you like. The link to our YouTube channel is in the description to this podcast. Give us a review as well. Five stars on Apple. Write some nice words or write some horrible words. As long as you give us five stars and we're not too worried about that. Uh, don't forget that this week's podcast was sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, where this week you can win a fantastic signed Declan Rice shirt. It's just £5.95 a ticket. They did a Paolo Di Canio one last week, which was fantastic. There's prizes every single week. West Ham ones week in, week out. This week's Declan Rice, £5.95 a ticket. So head on over to footballprizes.co.uk to see how you can enter over there and you can buy us a beer and support the podcast at buymeacoffee.com slash we are west ham boys that's it deep breaths let's just get over the line we're dragging ourselves on the we are west ham podcast towards the end of season beers next week worth noting now by the way that next week's podcast won't be coming out as early as you are used to it on Wednesday. We're recording it Wednesday morning together in person for the first time for a very, very long time. So hopefully it'll sound a bit better. We're looking forward to meeting up, having a laugh, having a few beers. A few of the guests will be joining us afterwards, but the podcast will be going out around midday on Wednesday. A lot to cover. Of course, it'll probably be a bit of a longer one. So I uh, hope you don't mind waiting a few more hours, but we've just got to wait a few more days boys West Bromwich Albion and Southampton you couldn't have picked two better games I know we're tired now what's gone before has gone before let's drag ourselves over the line we are West Ham and West Ham United thanks for listening everyone up the hammers and we'll see you next week Hi this is Tony Cotty and you're listening to the We Are West Ham podcast Podcast Network.